0: Welcome to WTIP's Outdoor News Podcast. I'm Callie Hawkins.
1: Callie, I'm Joe Fredericks. Hello. (laughs) Hello
0: again. (laughs) We're here. We're back.
1: That's right. We have been adventuring since the last episode.
0: We have hinted at it last week.
1: Exactly. We've been out on Lake Superior. Had the good fortune of being out on Lake Superior with staff from the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources Fisheries Supervisor's Office in Duluth. They came up. Did their annual lake trout assessment and actually they invited us or Corey goldsworthy who's the fishery supervisor was up earlier in the summer and mentioned hey they're going to be up doing the lake trout assessment if you guys want you should hop on board the boat and uh, sure enough we did
0: mm-hmm. yeah heck yeah we did <laughs> that's right so uh,
1: without giving away too much i say we just uh take this out to the water yeah It's one of those mornings in the harbor of Grand Marais that ends up on a Lake Superior postcard. The lake is glass calm, stretching out as far as the eye can see. And despite the lack of wind, nearly everything around us is vibrating with life. Gulls are yelping and crooning overhead. We can see to the bottom of Lake Superior as we stride across the deck near the now-closed Coast Guard station at Artist Point. Some of the researchers that we're here to meet spot a fish swimming in about 15 feet of water off the dock. Kelly Hawkins, the co-host of WTIP's Outdoor News Podcast, and myself are getting ready to board a 31-foot boat owned by the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. The purpose of today's outing onto the Big Lake is to watch the fisheries biologists and their support staff as they work on the 2022 Lake Trout Assessment or Lake Superior. Yeah, On a day like this, even the biologists can't help but celebrate the conditions.
2: Yeah, this is about as good as it gets. Uh, light and variable winds. Those are our three favorite words you for you doing work. Do yep. yep. Light and variable. That's
1: Josh Blankenheim, the large lakes biologist for the DNR. Along with Blankenheim are fisheries technician, Chris Palvery and Wyatt Hiltner, a fisheries intern for the DNR. As we motor out of the harbor, their job for the day is to haul in nets that were set two days before. In the net, they hope, will be lake trout, smaller ones ranging in size from about 10 to 17 inches. The researchers will record biological information from each fish. On this particular assessment, Blankenheim explains, it's not big fish that the DNR is in pursuit
2: of. For this assessment, we have 13 stations that we do, all the way from down by Duluth up to Grand Portage, and uh, it's the the goal is uh, it's a targeted juvenile lake trout assessment. That's what we're after. So the mesh and you're going to see this is, is very small. It's an inch and a half, two inch, and two and a half inch stretch measure mesh. Uh, so we're only looking to catch fish that are basically less than 17 inches. We're not going to see you know big 10 and 15 pound fish in this survey. So you
0: kind of match your surveys to specific fish populations or you know like time frames. Um, time specific.
2: Ages. Sizes and, and seasons, like we, we start the year with a, a May lake trout assessment. Um, and A lot of this is coordinated with other agencies around the lake, like everybody does a spring assessment with four and a half inch stretch measure mesh, targeting a certain size of lake trout, not the really big ones, generally fish that are seven to 10 years old, you know, stuff that's gonna be low to mid twenties in terms of inches, something like that.
1: After nearly being wiped out in the 1950s, the Lake Superior lake trout fishery has recovered in a serious way during the past 70 years. The well-documented decline of lake trout was initially caused by overfishing and it only accelerated with the invasion of the non-native sea lamprey. Generally speaking, lake trout are doing well in Lake Superior. The DNR discontinued lake trout stocking in the Big Lake in 2016, meaning all of those fish that were caught in the 2022 assessment, at least the young trout, were likely wild fish, meaning they were born in Lake Superior. However, there are still threats to the species, including sea lamprey.
2: It's been a long time since we've done any lake trout stocking up this far, so I wouldn't expect to see any hatchery lake trout, Uh, but the wild reproduction is very good. But we will check for fin clips, uh, and we always look at every fish for lamprey wounds, because that is hugely important. Uh, we report that to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service because they, in conjunction with Fisheries and Oceans Canada, do all of the sea lamprey control around Lake Superior. We wouldn't have a fishery if there wasn't sea lamprey control. They, they, they take a lot of fish, a lot of fish. Some years, reports have been they kill more fish than anglers do.
1: We're about two miles down the Lake Superior shoreline from Grand Marais, as we reach the nets. A pair of orange floating buoys mark the spot where each end of the 900 foot net is set. As you can probably tell, it's not exactly quiet on the boat while the work is taking place. A generator and a large machine that brings in the net are running pretty much constantly while the work takes place. Lake trout are tangled in the net. They're still alive as Wyatt and Chris entangle the fish and start to toss them into white plastic bins. The water temperatures are cold as the crew works, something that Blankenheim says can be refreshing in July, but challenging earlier in the year.
2: You know, it's been pretty cold so far uh, this summer. Uh, The last few days when we've been up here, basically been seeing 39 to 41. looks like we've got about 45 on the surface today. A little cooler than normal, I think maybe just with the cold spring we had just hasn't really warmed up much and we do a a temperature profile down to 120 feet uh, with every net set that we do and there's been very very little difference from the surface down to 120 feet. It's been been pretty uniform. Does this get uh, cold on
1: your hands working with this equipment and nets when it's like that?
2: Yeah more so in the spring when we're doing uh, spring lake trout work and will go out and it might only be you know 40 degrees out, air temperature, and then you've got 30 some degree water. Th- that can get fairly chilly on, on the fingers. Yeah, for sure.
1: After the 900 foot net is pulled in, team has collected 27 lake trout. The gears end stowed away and we turn back for the Grammaray Harbor. It's here where the team will take samples from the fish that end up in the nets, including the ear bones that show how old the fish were. They'll also note the length of the fish and its weight, if there were any sea lamprey wounds and any fins that were clipped from stocked fish. On our way back, I have a chance to talk with the intern for the DNR about what it's like working on Lake Superior.
2: Hey, I'm uh, Wyatt Hildner. Uh, I'm the intern for the Lake Superior office. Are you, where are you from? Uh, I'm from a town called Becker, Minnesota. Um, it's down in central Minnesota, so. Um, I've kind of been interested in biology my whole life and. I went to NDSU my first year of college, and I did biology there, um, knowing that I wanted to do fisheries or wildlife, and I don't know, I kind of fell in love with fisheries. I've been fishing my whole life, and so I applied to jobs up here, and I was able to get a job in Duluth, so that was pretty cool.
1: What do you think about working on Lake
2: Superior? Oh, I think it's amazing. It's gets to come out here every day. It's beautiful, and I love the colder weather. I mean, down where I'm from, it's 85, 90 every day, and up here, it's 65 highest. It's like... It's beautiful up here. It's, yeah. I love it up here. I've been coming up here since I've been a kid, and mm-hmm. I've always liked it.
1: As we're motoring back to Grand Marais, Blankenheim explains that most of the lake trout gill net survey work is done in well over 100 feet of water in Lake Superior. A gill net is simple in how it works, in the sense that fish swim into it, and it catches them by their gills. There are some, including anglers, who would prefer that the DNR not use a gill net, as indeed the fish do die afterward. However, Blankenheim says that all the fish are studied, analyzed, and are part of a process that could work to improve the lake trout fishery in Lake Superior. Nonetheless, he does acknowledge the concern that some have about gillnets.
2: A lot of the state's fishery surveys involve gillnets. Not, not all of them, but a lot of them do. Um, ours are g- very gillnut heavy uh, And in terms of, of killing fish... Um, you know in the grand scheme of things it is generally not a lot uh you know in our in our world here on Lake Superior uh y- you know we're we're going to probably end up utilizing maybe a couple hundred in the spring survey maybe a couple hundred juveniles here uh and when you contrast that to say sport fishing where the average annual harvest of lake trout over the past 10 years for the Minnesota waters, Lake Superior is, is somewhere right around 25,000 fish. You know, we're we're taking just this little tiny bit in the name of science. So it's not like we're gonna decimate the population by doing survey work. And it's extremely important that we do the work that we do to understand the fishery. Uh, you know, for monitoring trends and and figuring out some of the the things that that go on and you know can help us determine what regulations we should use and you know, it's just a vast array of different ways that we end up using data mm-hmm. and the more years we string together the better long-term data sets are, are, are great.
1: Once back at the dock the team sets the boat on a trailer and drives to the Grammaray fisheries office located about a mile up highway 61 from the harbor. They assemble a small lab inside the fisheries garage. There, that Wyatt cuts the fish down the belly and begins removing the various organs, so the team can learn more about what the fish have been eating and how healthy they are as they reside in Lake Superior. This will be LT-491. It took over 50 years for Lake trout to recover from the effects of overfishing and sea lamprey predation, and while the 2022 assessment did not show a huge spike in the population. There's nothing to be concerned about either, Blankenheim says.
2: And if it ends up being a year where our our catch numbers are down a little bit, I don't fret about one year, because we got to think more big picture than that. So if we see a year that's not particularly good, or conversely if we see a year that is excellent, I don't really get excited either way until it becomes a little, you know, you get multiple years, then either we get really excited if it's really good or you know, if something doesn't look real good, well, then we're gonna be a little bit concerned. So one year or, or one net, you know, that doesn't tell you a whole lot in itself.
1: What are you gonna do up here, Wyatt? Um, I'm gonna grab it and bring it over to here. Uh-huh. Uh, that's our net reel, so that'll pull up. Yeah. Well, there's our experience Kelly, what? Just in some general terms, things you take away from that experience, either you know observing the fisheries staff do their work, or just being out on that boat that day.
0: Yeah, I've I've always I've been out on Lake Superior multiple times in my life, but I've never seen a like a fish survey done before, and I've always wondered kind of what the process was. So it was really neat to be there on the boat kind of hand experience and watching them, you know, conduct the survey and pull in the nets and mm-hmm. and look at the fish and measure the fish. And uh, it was really, it was very informative and I learned a lot. And it was a lot of fun, just beautiful day on on Lake Superior, just in general too. So that also helped. Um, but yeah, it was a great day.
1: It was. Thanks to uh, Josh and Chris and Wyatt uh, for letting us tag along and, you know, try to stay out of their way as best we could. Certainly when that uh, net, retrieving apparatus was in uh, you know it was pretty loud as you heard in the episode there uh so we tried to stay out of their way but you know the two of us getting in the way a little bit with recording equipment cameras and stuff so just thanks to them for letting us uh come on board really appreciate it
0: yeah it was fun to take some pictures of of the event so i think we'll be posting those um somewhere either on our wtip website or social media shortly here too so
1: yeah, yeah. let's do a combo with that because you know one thing about the podcast is we usually have one photo that goes with each episode so we're going to be sharing more images on as you say kelly social media pages we're going to be getting a wtip outdoor news podcast social media pages put together but uh, for now you can find it just on the radio stations uh social facebook page and twitter and so forth well uh we're going to be doing a little bit more on lake superior still this summer i'm going to be heading back out on that same boat actually coming up or that's the plan. A knock on wood a uh, weather permitting to look at some other things unrelated to fish actually out on Lake Superior and I know Callie you've been uh, out on some inland lakes checking out loons and I was stuff. in a
0: different style of boat <laughs> I was canoeing this last week so that will be coming out I'm just finishing that up and we'll have loons coming up for next week's discussion and next week's uh, episode
1: all right excellent well uh, thanks as always for listening to the WTIP Outdoor News Podcast